Last week, Bob Ross opened up the podcast. This yeah. week, Pastor Lucas opens up the podcast. Bam, baby! Podcast 28. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work in my office today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. We're back and better than ever. Back, better than ever. I don't know what qualifies us as better than ever every week. There's no qualification except that I look at you and I say, you look be- you're look. you doing better than ever. Better than ever. And you looked at me and said, you're doing better than ever. Absolutely. We're just, we're just <laughs> rocking it over here, people. We are rocking it over here. Rocking it in our classic podcast room. Just living on the edge of glory, baby. You know, there's something I'm... Something that's weird. Okay. I like weird things. Yeah. You know, why... Well, you know, there's two things right now that are catching me weird. Okay. What's up? You ever driven by a gas station and they have a sign somewhere hanging on the window that says a winning lottery ticket was won here? Yes. Oh, yeah. There's one one in the town I live in. Okay. That's supposed to somehow... <laughs> <laughs> somehow get your attention to say you should buy lottery tickets here. Because we've, because there's we've been sold a, a winning number. And this somehow speaks to a gambler's heart to give them hope, which is that what that's supposed to do? I think so. But for me, it does the exact opposite because that's what I was thinking. The odds of yes, the, they go down drastically, wouldn't they? Duh. You would think that. Okay, so somebody's already won here. The odds of it happening again are slim to none. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not going to go buy lottery tickets, but if I was, I would go to a different gas station. If, if like, lightning <laughs> struck a tree, that's the tree I would always go stand under, <laughs> knowing there's no way lightning is going to strike it's twice. It's not going to strike twice on the same tree. Exactly. Okay, so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. It's, so, it's, yeah. it's, it's not something that you normally think about, but when you start to think about it, you're like, that is weird advertising. It's really strange. And there's another really strange advertising out there. Okay. This one is even weirder. Your local news channel somehow advertises their news by pumping up and promoting their anchor as somebody who speaks truth. You can trust this man. You can trust, you know, Chad Flunderson. Chet Holmgren, Channel 9 News, a man you can trust. I, I, I don't, Chet, I don't know you, bro. I don't think I can trust you. Uh, and that somehow we're supposed to believe that him reading off a teleprompter. Yes, okay, I was about to bring that up. Is somehow trusting Chet? <laughs> he didn't write it. He's getting... He's just reading what is put in front of him. I trust the man who wrote the teleprompter more than I trust the chat. <laughs> He's just the face. He's just the face. He's, I don't know. It, I, that's weird. I never really thought about that until you brought it up. It's really strange. But it is strange advertising. Absolutely. You know what else is kind of strange advertising? Is Have you ever seen... Uh, I mean, lots of different companies use this, but they'll use the word like forever. Or like eternal. 
kind of like 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 candles. It has a forever scent. Or <laughs> like you ever seen something like that? No. Wait, and, I mean, I don't know. I gotta you gotta rejog my memory of something like this. Uh, well, I've seen it a lot in in candles. You know, like <laughs> candles are obsessed with like this is your forever scent. Yeah, like forever or like everlasting, like. It's, but it doesn't. It lasts for you know as long as it's burning, and as soon as the candle runs out, it it's, it doesn't exist anymore. It, it's that's weird to me. Like, is this a Bed Bath and Beyond strategy, or like a Bath and Body Works strategy? I mean, not a Bed Bath and Beyond, <laughs> but a Bath and Body Works strategy. Yeah, I would I would think so. I'm I can't even remember where I seen it, but I remember walking through. It might have been at like a candle, even just like the candle aisle at like Walmart, and seeing that advertising. I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. Because it doesn't – as soon as the candle dies down, it's it's dead. Yeah. It's not It's not even close to everlasting. It's, you know, two hours. <laughs> <laughs> There's really weird advertising strategies out there. Yeah. This is another one. This. I don't know if anybody else has this issue, all right? But deodorant that claims to last 48 hours. That's weird. Nobody in their right mind is going to put deodorant on on Monday morning and say, I don't have to put deodorant on again until Wednesday morning. That's – yeah, and not only <laughs> that, if, if it's lasting 48 hours, it's probably way too strong at the initial <laughs> hour. <laughs> you're, so you're like, I just don't even know if I trust that because that sounds like it's just too strong of a smell to begin with. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. 48-hour protection. What? How, how strong is hour one? Yeah. Well, I used to use, speaking of deodorant, I, <laughs> <laughs> I used to use Old Spice. Okay. And I would always have these like super red burning patches under my armpits. Okay. So it was giving you a rash. It was giving me this bad rash. And apparently about maybe a year ago now, it they they found out that Old Spice has has created a product that gives men a strong burning red rash under their armpits, and the whole like that product line has been completely um, taken off the the market. Wow! That they that that Old Spice had to redo their deodorant to make it a f- something that that doesn't hurt you. Yeah. And see, I thought that I had sensitive skin. Okay. Right. But no. It was Old Spice. It was Old Spice. But this is another thing, is I thought I had sensitive skin, and so thinking I had sensitive skin, I stopped buying deodorant. Yeah. And instead would use a, like an Axe body spray. Yeah. And I just sprayed on my armpits. Okay. Because it's not a deodorant. Right. Or an antiperspirant. Yep. It's just a fresh-smelling body spray. Yep. And I sprayed on my armpits, and so I think I can go back to using deodorant because I'm not allergic to deodorant. I'm just allergic to specifically Old Spice. Right. Yeah. What should I do? I don't know. Okay, so for me, I I don't use the antiperspirant deodorant because that irritates my skin too. Well, it's, it's supposed to actually clog your sweat pores. So yes. that you don't sweat. So you don't sweat and so much. And I don't much. think that's very good for your skin. I can't imagine that's good for your skin. And it kind of <laughs> irritates my skin, especially if I'm doing something where I would normally sweat and I'm wearing it. It kind of it irritates my, my armpits it's a lot. It's not healthy to, to stop your body from sweating. <laughs> 
So, so the deodorant that I use is, is more the, the gel kind of a deodorant, just the regular, it's not like a, it's not clumpy like gel, but, uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And so I, I use that kind of deodorant. Like a clear and, stick. Yeah. And it, it, I don't have any issues with that. I hate deodorant. <laughs> I really do. I, <laughs> I'm thinking about deodorant right now a lot and how many things of deodorant I hate. I hate the 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 deodorant that goes on white because it gets on your shirt. Yep. I hate that. I hate the deodorant that the men specifically have that clicks up and it's like a super soft gel. Uh-huh. And it's like you smear it on your armpits. Yeah, so I've never used that because it looks disgusting. It's disgusting. I hate I that. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I have st- – just decided to forego that process it's entirely. So it's so gross. Terrible. And then you put your shirt on and your shirt gets <laughs> soaking wet with thick gel. Like terrible. A, like a Vaseline. Yeah. Ugh. And then the blue stick or the green stick that Old Spice would sell would give me a red rash <laughs> and burn my armpits. I, it's like a lose, lose, lose situation with my deodorant. So I was like, I threw it all away. I'm never going to buy that again. I'm just going to spray my armpits with a ba- Axe body spray. Well, it's, it's working. It's I nobody says nobody's complained to me about me smelling bad. <laughs> yeah. My wife doesn't complain. That's good. And my armpits are nice and rash <laughs> rash free. And burning free, which is a good thing. That's a good thing. This All right. This is a weird topic. How did we get on this <laughs> I don't topic? Know how we got on this topic. The forever smell. The forever smell, advertising, lottery tickets at gas stations. We went down a weird rabbit hole. I don't trust you, Chet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine somebody seeing a commercial of Anchorman and going, yeah. wow. You know what? I trust him wholeheartedly. <laughs> He's going to bring the truth to these to breaking news. I'm going to trust his weather report. <laughs> I don't understand this lot. This like where the, where like the marketing team is sitting down and saying, we can gain 10,000 viewers by making them trust Chet. Right. I don't understand this. I've never, ever once watched one of those commercials and been like, you know what? You're right. I can trust you. You know what? It's such a, it's such a, <laughs> such a lame marketing technique that there's actually been movies that have made fun of Anchorman because it's so lame <laughs> that, that this is what they do for Anchorman. Right. And there's actually a show called Anchorman. Anchorman. Yeah, and it makes fun of Anchorman because because they just literally lead off a teleprompter, and yet we're supposed to think that they're that that they're somehow just full of integrity, full of trustworthy. Integrity they, they speak the truth always and forever. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I don't get it. I don't get it. And you know, I don't go to Chet for my trusted news source either. I mean, like, I don't know. No. What, I don't know what to do for a trusted news source these no, days. I, but I, I don't know either. I don't go to the local <laughs> news network to find it. Anyway, this is a strange topic. This, this is, is strange. We went down a rabbit I, hole, and I don't know if we're ever going to get out. I can't be the only one who thinks like this either. There's got to be somebody else. If you think like that, just let us know. Gotta let me know. Give Pastor Luke an email. It's, it's this is weird, right? It's just weird. It, it's weird. I agree. Let's just let's jump into our topic today. All right, what do we got? We got to get out of this weird. Whatever space we're in right now, we got to get into something. I got something for you. All right, let's go. Are you tired of making bricks? Of making bricks. All right, that's what I talk. That's what I want to talk about today. Are you tired of making bricks? 
Yeah. You were talking about how there was two references in the Bible to brick making. Yep. Tell us about those. Yeah. So uh, there might be more, but off the top of my head, this is the two that I can think of. The first time is in the book of Genesis uh, at the Tower of Babel Mm -hmm. um, when the people said, let us make bricks and build us a tower to this guy. So that's a negative situation. It was a negative situation. Mm -hmm. And the other time was in the book of Exodus uh, when the Israelites were enslaved by Pharaoh to make bricks. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, those are the only uh, two specific mentions of bricks. And those are bad situations. They were bad situations. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think... I mean, making bricks. No, you don't want to be in a situation where you're just making bricks. Are you tired of making bricks? It's, you gotta be sick of it. You gotta be tired of making bricks. Yeah. And, and 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 Jesus actually talks about this too, where he's talking to the Jews. Yep. And he's saying that they're slaves. Mm-hmm. And Ooh, it's, yeah, it's making them mad because because they're. They they rebuttal and say no, we're not slaves to not anybody. A slave? I've never slaved anybody. I'm a child of Abraham. Yeah, which was funny because they were actually under oppression from the Roman Empire when <laughs> they, they said were. That. <laughs> yeah, which is a little strange that they would claim that they're not slaves, which they kind of were under major Roman oppression at the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, but they're like, we've never been slaves to anybody. But yeah, we all know when you read your Bible, they were slaves for 400 years in Egypt. Yeah. And then they were held uh, in exile for 70 years in Babylon. But Jesus is talking directly to their, to them. Yeah. And he wasn't talking about that. He wasn't talking about slavery. He was talking about how there currently are slaves to sin. To sin, yeah. And uh, so the question for us today is, are you tired of making bricks? Are you tired of your life of sin? Yeah. And... And um, this is a whole thing here. This is a whole thing here. Um, as a matter of fact, I feel like right now um, there is a whole theology out there right now, brand new theology right now that talks a lot about slavery. And people call it like woke theology. Yeah, or liberation theology. Liberation theology is another way of putting it, where there is a now a segment of the church, so to speak, that is out to end slavery, set the captives free. Yep. Um, but the oppressor is different yep. than what we here at Cornerstone Church would say the oppressor is. Yeah, and it's really different from what Jesus said it was in that passage different. of Scripture. Yes, he, liberation theology is very different from what Jesus is uh, addressing here. Yeah, because Jesus actually never addressed the fact that Rome was oppressing the Israelites. No, because there is a more dangerous uh, oppressor out there. Yeah. Even his own disciples got confused with his kingdom for a little bit. They were expecting the Messiah. Everybody was looking for the Messiah to come and set up a worldly kingdom to come in power. Destroy Rome. Destroy Rome. They wanted Jesus to destroy Rome. And to... Set physically the, set the Jews free. Set the Jews free. Yep. And he, he didn't do that. <laughs> no, he came and he said, there's a greater oppressor and you are, you're slaves to sin. Yeah, and there's a better, there's a bigger issue at th- hand. There's a bigger kingdom. There's a, 
There's something so much greater that I came to set you free from. Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. That's right. And, and they're so, like, they're getting, actually, they get a little mad about that. They do get mad. And then later, Paul would talk about it when he's saying there's, uh, I, I think it was was Paul, when he's talking about the, we're not fighting against, or we're not here to set up an earthly kingdom. Mm-hmm. We're here to demolish strongholds. Ooh. Of the enemy. This has nothing to do with who you're enslaved to. And he, Paul even talked about, this is where I was trying to get to. Paul talked about that it doesn't matter what your earthly social status, financial status, like none of that matters. What Jesus came to set you free from was your sin nature. Mm -hmm. That's what he came to set you free from. Liberation theology is is the goal is to fix the social structure. Yes. The financial structure. Yep. Of society. Yep. And it's interesting to me that first century Jews were very much focused on the exact same thing. Yeah. And Jesus didn't solve it for them. Nope. And I want to let you know right now that Jesus still isn't going to solve the problem of our social status and our financial status. He's not going to do it. Nope. But he is going to set the captives free. Come on, somebody. How does that, how is Jesus going to do that? Jesus, you got to fix the, 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 you got to help the poor, Jesus. You got to help the, the, the socially, uh, uh, down on the bottom, Jesus, you got to lift up the slave, Jesus. And he says, well, I, I am here to set the captives free, and there's something wrong. Oh, okay, Jesus, what are you going to do? Uh, there's a sin yeah. issue. There's an oppressor out there, and it's Satan yep. and his demons. And I'm going to break the stronghold, Yeah, and I'm going to heal your heart, and I'm going to set my kingdom up inside your heart. That That's it. And see, we always want to make bricks. <laughs> we want to. We Br- want to bricks build. Are easy. We want to build a kingdom in this world. We're yep. obsessed with making bricks. Oh yeah. They wanted Jesus to do the exact same thing. Yep. As a matter of fact, Jesus. <laughs> there's so many references. They we're obsessed with building things in this world, making bricks, building things. And Jesus is makes his kingdom inside your heart. Yeah. Jesus actually says that my kingdom is inside you, and you are a living stone. Yeah. Living. You're not, you didn't, he, I like how he said a living stone, not a living brick. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You're a living stone. But we're obsessed with making bricks. Yeah. And Jesus is constantly getting us to say, stop making bricks, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop trying to build your kingdom in this world. The, you'll, the poor you'll always have. Jesus said it. Yep. The, the, <clears throat> he addressed it. The poor you'll always have. But here, me, you won't always have me. Come yeah. on. Don't don't get don't get caught up in that stuff. Come to me. So so what is Jesus? Who is Jesus attracted to then? Because liberation theology would say that Jesus is focused and attracted to and closer to the poor and the minority. Yep. But what does the Bible say Jesus is close to? The humble. The humble. Yeah. Anybody who he who humbles himself. Yeah, I'm close to the humble, the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted. You know what? I've I've met poor people who were proud. 
Oh, I got a story about about that. <laughs> it doesn't just because you're poor doesn't mean you're humble. Uh, absolutely. Just because you're a minority doesn't mean you're humble. Just because you're on the lowest level of the social social structure doesn't mean you're humble. That's true. Just because you're rich doesn't mean you're proud. Yep. Just because you're on the top tier of the social status doesn't mean you're proud either. Nope. So you see, Jesus, Jesus knows what he's doing. <laughs> and, and what I love about about what Jesus did is that at the cross, when when you truly come to understand what Jesus did, you realize every single person is a sinner. Oh, it's level ground. And so you have absolutely nothing to boast about. No, there's nobody who Jesus loves more or loves less when you realize I'm a sinner. Yeah. You don't have to become poor for Jesus to love you. And I need a savior. <laughs> that's it. That that's the only qualification. Yeah, it's true. Is to be a sinner on earth. Mm-hmm. And Jesus loves you and he gives you a chance to come and, and be in a relationship with him. Yeah. So there's like there's there's Jesus has, has asked us this question all the time. Are you tired of making bricks? Come to me. Come to me. I'll I'll I are you tired of that sin that's holding you down? That's enslaving you. Yep. Come to me. But he also talks to another type of person out there whose their goal of making bricks is to build a kingdom. Yeah. To build an army to take down the system. Yeah. As like the Tower of Babel, right? That's we're, it. We're gonna build us a tower that reaches to the heavens. We're gonna become we're, we're like gonna, God. Yeah. We're gonna become like God. And there's lots of people out there right now who are trying to do that. Oh yeah. Um, the liberation theology people are obsessed with it right now. And Jesus will, t- well, they will become tired. They will become weary in that work. Yep. And Jesus will offer them the same salvation that he's offered the people who are on the bottom, who are tired of their sin. Yep. He'll say, are you tired of making bricks? Are you tired of building your kingdom? Yeah. Come to me. Come to me. I heard somebody say this recently, and I really liked this, thought this was a great quote. Um, and they said, the greatest threat to the kingdom of God is the kingdom of me. Ooh. And I thought that was, I don't know if that's 100% accurate theologically, but I thought... It sounds great, though. (laughs) But I I like the the direction that it's moving in that if we are all about making bricks to build the kingdom of Aaron, if everything is about how people like me, how people view me, what people think of me then I have become a huge threat to the kingdom of God because ultimately I'm not working to glorify God at all. It has nothing to do with Jesus saving other people. It's about what I can do for other people, what people think of me, how, how much people worship me, even if I don't call it that, if they're not bowing down and you know praying to me. But mm-hmm. if it's all about me, if it's all about my pleasure, what I want, mm. I become a huge threat to the kingdom of God. And, and you become useless yeah, I become in the useless. kingdom of God, and you're wasting everybody's time, which is a major threat to the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I, I just thought that was, it was just kind of popped into my head, but it's a quote I heard recently, and I was like, oh, that, that's, that applies to what we're talking about right now. It really does. And, and so Jesus is addressing these Jews, and he's calling them slaves, but he's calling them slaves to sin. Yeah. Slaves, they're slaves to... Uh, their works because they really relied on the law. They're relying on the law to save them. Yeah. And it's not going to do it. Um, And I, 
And I want to just pu- push this question out there to the audience today is, are you tired of making bricks? And it's very possible today that you're making, you're living a life of, you're stuck in a sin, like yeah. you're a slave to a sin. And the Egyptian Pharaoh, he forced the Israelites to make bricks and it was part of their slave labor and it wore them down and it wore them out and it weakened them. And it was miserable work. And if you're stuck in sin, it wears you down. It wears you out. It's just, it's disgusting after a while. You get tired of living like that. And along comes a savior yeah. and says, come up out of this. Come to me. I will help you. But then there's another type of person out there today where you've worked so hard to build your kingdom mm. that it's worn you right down. Yeah, It's worn you out. And that's what else the Jews were doing. Yep. And, and Jesus says, you don't need to live like this any longer. Come to me. The same invitation. Stop, stop doing that. It's the same invitation. And our kingdom is not of this world. And we'll never, we're not, we cannot fix every problem. So what do we do? What's our purpose? Love God. Love. Love people. Love people. Bring, bring Jesus into every situation that yeah. we can. And, and everything Jesus taught revolved around that. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> I love when there's a crazy story and you can miss it if, if you're not looking for it in the New Testament where Jesus, he feeds the 5,000, right? I mean, crazy famous story. And right after that, the people are so excited about Jesus feeding them mm-hmm. that they decide they're going to forcibly take Jesus and make him king. Yeah, because, well, <laughs> well if, if this a, guy he's can, a wonderful king if he can just provide food if, for everybody. If, if all he needs is, is a few fish and a few loaves of bread and he can feed 5,000 men. He's got what it children, takes, baby. He's got what it takes to be king. <laughs> and Jesus actually slips away because he realizes they have, they're missing it. Mm-hmm. They're looking at this from an earthly perspective. They're thinking about how I can free them from this oppression of Rome. And that's not what he came to do. He came to die on the Roman cross to be the savior of our souls, to free us from the slavery and the bondage of sin, not Rome. And, and I think sometimes, Pastor Luke, as even as Christians in 2022, we can fall into that idea of, man, Jesus came. That, that's why it's so easy for people to get caught up in this liberation theology idea. Because at first it sounds great. I mean, Jesus fed 5,000 people. That sounds great. It sounds great to help the poor. It sounds to, great to help the poor. And to help people with their social status. It, it sounds great to help the, the people who, who don't have it all. Yeah. And it's so easy to but get sucked into that. that's not the biggest that. issue. Exactly. It wasn't Jesus had to show the crowd, I'm not here just to feed you. No, I'm here to save your soul. I'm here to save your soul from hell. Where you spend eternity is more important than your amount of money you have. That's it. That's such a crucial idea. Mm. And I think that a lot of times in the church, we can miss that if we're not focused on Jesus. Let me end with this, because we're coming to the conclusion of our podcast today. Yeah. If you have been dabbling in this liberation theology or this woke theology... This is what's gonna, this is where the end goes for you. Is that you're gonna be in the same place that, that the Jews were in. You're gonna get frustrated with Jesus. Yeah. Because according to them, he failed. Yeah. Because he did not set up his kingdom. He did not take down Roman oppression. And he did not pro- help the poor, provide for the poor like they wanted. He, he, he did it a few times by giving them food. Yeah. But ultimately, nope. He didn't continue to feed them, and he didn't 
continued to defeat Rome. It didn't. He didn't do it. No, nope. he died on the Roman cross. So if, if you are a liberation theologian right now, you're going to say, you're, you're going to look at what Jesus did and you're going to say he didn't do enough. Mm, that's a terrible place to be. And it's a you, scary place to be. If you think Jesus didn't do enough, are you truly saved? Wow. Because salvation comes to those who say Jesus did it all, paid it all. He paid it all. He's the end all, be all, only way, one way, one his way, way yeah. or the highway. It, he, I mean, he said it himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so maybe this podcast today, I don't know, it possibly could have helped somebody. I hope it did. I hope it, it challenged somebody. I hope it encouraged somebody. Yeah, I hope maybe it just incur- it just gave people like fire in their bones, like, yes, yes, yeah. that's it. Let's go. And and we here at the church, we're not we're not here to to li- to liberate people from slavery or poverty. We're here to say you've got a sin issue. Let's turn to Jesus together. Yeah. yeah. Let's get set free from sin. Let's go to our Savior. Let's not get distracted with something else. Yeah. And that's the church's goal. That's what we're here for: to love God, love people. That's it. Let's go. That's the Great Commission. I love it. Man, I love it. Man, this is a good podcast. Was that a good podcast or what? Man, I had a great time. I hope it, I hope our audience, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I hope you did too. I enjoyed it. It I was enjoyed um, it. something that I feel like these are conversations that we have in the office. Yeah. It was great to talk just it was just great to talk it through on the podcast. I love it. Absolutely. Man, Man. It's, it's a good one. It was a good one. Oh, I'll see you next time, audience. See you everybody. Bye. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today.